what is up and welcome from wherever you are in the world. I hope you're having an amazing day. I'm really excited for today's episode with Chrissy Krugman. Chrissy is the co-founder of So Much Foods and they are notorious for their incredible cookies and products that are made from ingredients that would otherwise be thrown out. They have saved close to 12,000 pounds of food and are making a powerful dent in the food waste crisis, turning what would literally be trashed food into tasty, delicious, gluten-free cookies. I'm not just saying this, but these cookies are incredible, and I've probably consumed over 50 myself. But what's even better than the cookies is the mission and purpose behind them to close the gap in the food waste crisis. This is a super fun interview, and you're going to get a behind-the-scenes look into what it actually takes to grow a company from the ground up. You may remember when I interviewed Chrissy's co-founder, Rayanne, in episode six, so I was really stoked to get Chrissy's perspective and story on creating so much. This episode is packed with lots of golden nuggets, so without further ado, here is the epic story of Chrissy and so much cookies. Enjoy. So Chrissy, I'm so excited you're here. It was probably like seven or eight months ago, or maybe it was like even longer than that, when I interviewed... Rayanne, your co-founder and business partner. And I remember when I was interviewing her, I was like the whole time in my head, I was like, I am so fascinated to hear your perspective on this because it was very similar to the relationship I had with my business partner in terms of he was more of the visionary and kind of like Rayanne. And it sounds like you're more of the integrator and that was my role. So I was fascinated to hear your perspective on starting so much, which uh, if anyone listening remembers that episode, it's like my favorite company in the world. And we're going to dive into all that in a minute, but just wanted to first say thanks. And I'm really excited to have you on. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. I was super um, happy that Ray like got to sit down with you and she said she had like the best time ever. And then after listening, when you published it, I was like, Oh, yep. That's like, I didn't realize the duality is so identical to so many different companies. So it was really funny to hear that and hear your guys' conversations around it as well. So, Yeah. And where did you guys meet? Yeah. So we both were working at a restaurant in uh, Fashion Valley and we both went to the same like school, but we and majored in similar um, studies, but actually never ran into each other on campus. Um, so we're just servers at a restaurant and that's how we kind of like ran into each other and kind of how this all started actually. So. And what year was that? Or like oh my in goodness. college, what, what year were you? Oh, so I'm, <laughs> I've meandered through, through college. So um, it was like my second to last year, basically, of university. So, Gotcha. And at that point, I guess actually, let's take it back a little bit. Did you, yeah. did you grow up in San Diego? No, both my parents are military. So I moved every three years. So I've lived all over the U.S., but never overseas. Wow. <laughs> what was that like growing up? Yeah, uh, honestly, I loved it and I appreciated it. I didn't know anything different, kind of. Um, the only thing I definitely, growing up, I missed the feeling of having like a home base or being able to call myself like a Californian or, you know, for an East Coaster. Like I kind of like couldn't connect on that level, but the trade-off was I got to meet so many different subcultures, so many different people. I think um, people are always like, oh, you're so easy to like, just kick off, like start a conversation or like a friendship with. I was like, yeah, I just said hello, like a million times through my upbringing. So I love to meet people and just like start, start relationships and friendships out of it. Um, but it makes it really hard. I like suck at saying goodbye. Like it's even a challenge as an adult. I'm like, I more like see you later kind of mentality than saying goodbye. But um, yeah, I, it was really cool. And 
like I didn't know anything different. And it's funny because when I became an adult and even in college after three years, like three years into like community college and university, I was like, I have to move. Like, I just got to go. Like, I've got to go somewhere. Like we need to start packing up boxes. They need to go in the truck. Like, so it's kind of funny that it transitions into my adulthood. So. Yeah. I always find that fascinating. Like how someone grows up, it tends to, you know, like the way you had your childhood is sometimes like these like patterns stay with us. And I think that's, a, I mean, on one hand, it's an amazing quality that you can just kind of be in a new environment and make friends fast. I've always envied that with people. And it seems like a lot of the people I know who've moved a lot of times have that ability to just get to know people quick. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's, and cause at the end of the day, it's just like, everybody has like, if something's new or different, like there's this like kind of barrier in the sphere and it's kind of just doing it over and over, realize like everybody feels uncomfortable when they first meet people and you just say hello and like, what, what do you like? What do you like to do? Like, I like to do this, like, you know, and so even doesn't matter what age or what state or what country you're in, you kind of just connects on like kind of some sort of level. When you were younger, like, did you have a specific passion for sustainability and protecting the, the environment or did that develop later on as you got to college? Yeah, that kind of, it actually didn't develop as a child at all. It um, resonated when I was um, the last high school I was actually at um, through like coursework there. Because even as a kid, like I was definitely really outdoorsy, um, like more of a tomboy growing up and like enjoyed being outside, but never like had this compelling feeling like we need to recycle more. Or we need to like, it's in danger. I never had that mentality or never knew that that risk that was going on like growing up. Um, so I never had that as a child, but I was at um, a, a high school here in California and through my economics class and government class realized like, hey, you know, there's this government system and actually was on like a mock legislative um, branch. We did the, uh, for our like senior government class and I just randomly picked the EPA and I was like oh I'll be on the EPA like I'll check that one out and then like went into the research and looked like what legislation had been like backrolled and how carbon was um, being disincentivized like giving more um, reducing their regulations and how I was like oh my goodness this has like a huge effect and learning about renewable energy and then I thought it was crazy I was like why aren't we reusing and redoing things and why are we so dependent on fossil fuel that is at the end of the day a limited resource when we have wind and solar and like where is this huge disconnect so it happened like senior year of high school and then I just was like super passionate going into college and I actually started um, community college in Texas and like the first week of class they all were like what do you want to major in and I was like like I actually caught a plane to Michigan to see family and the guy was sitting next to us just telling him I was like did you know, like, use this, like, this oil, and we could be using, like, solar, and he's, like, oh, I actually work at a university where we're all, like, off kind of grid, and it's renewable energy, and I don't remember what university, I was, like, what, and he's, like, yeah, they study environmental science there, and that's, like, a course I teach, so it was, like, just serendipitous who I was sitting next to, so first week of class, I was, like, I want to study environmental science or sustainability, and everybody in the class is, like, what is that? I was, like, I don't really know, but I'm going to figure it out, and it's just, like, this passion I had, and um, end up minoring in psych and then switch to environmental science when I moved out here. Um, and then that's why I pursued the rest of my like degree in. And what, what got you to move from Texas to San Diego state? Yeah. So my sister, um, so I grew up, um, just me and my sister, um, and she had, um, right out of high school, 
um, ended up wanting to get married and her husband was in the Navy and he was stationed here in Coronado. And she's just um, has her own like path and lifestyle. And she was, she wanted to just like start her family at a young age. And me already like three years into college and taking all these like biology and, uh, and like child development classes. I was like, uh, it takes a lot and you don't have any family. And we, we both grew up in the military and we didn't have family close by and it takes a village to raise a kid. So um, decided to make the move out here to help support them and help like with their, um, my nephew's like birth and the first like year, few months of his life before they moved back to uh, San Antonio. And then um, also because there was no university in this city I was in that had my major I was looking for. So it was like, gotcha. I did not know that. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. So you got to San Diego state after having uh, a few years under your belt at that college in Texas. Yeah. Yeah. I was at community college about three years there and then transferred here and then, um, right there and so prior to and we'll get to this in a minute because i love this story so much prior to the the birth of so much what was your mentality like what did you think or did you not know like what were your thoughts about kind of your career path oh my goodness i never thought i'd run a company a day in my life like i (laughs) love the idea like i honestly because which goes into probably where we'll lead next or down into the the conversation but I'm like really good with rules and regulations. And my idea was I'm going to learn all of the science in the background about how things like need to be. And then compared to where they are from like water quality, soil quality, air quality. And I'll just be the person who literally collects the data and say like, Hey, this is where we're at. And hopefully be that person to say, this is how we change it. And just kind of honestly, either a consulting or a government job is like kind of where I saw myself at. Um, so yeah, I never saw myself like starting my own, like, like eco business basically that would then do the same impacts, if not like a million times more. And yeah, so it's actually funny. I have friends who either interned or worked in those pathways I would have gone and they're like, we don't see the impact. Like we don't get to see it firsthand. And even if we do, it takes forever. And yeah, so it's this is the most rewarding position I could be in compared to where like I thought my trajectory was going to go. For it's sure. So funny. I've heard very similar things from friends who work for big corporations that they feel like they have no idea what's actually going on. And so it is a pretty unique and special opportunity when you're building something from the ground up and you're tangibly seeing and feeling the impact. Um, and I love this too. This to me is just so fascinating of like kind of looking at all how all the dots connect in your journey how you just choosing the EPA, sitting next to that guy on the plane, and then a little bit of the serendipity of your sister um, being stationed uh, in San Diego and that bringing you out. And so can you tell me the story? So you guys are working in the restaurant. Did you notice the food waste problem as well? I like, honestly, not as much as Ray. Like I would see it and like, it wasn't like, honestly, it's like one of those things I had been in the service industry, like, for at this point, because I like had to take more years into college and take some time off, like I've been in the service industry for six to seven years where, so it's just like one of those things because like, it is like, just so like there and it's, it becomes numbing. It really does. So like I saw it, but not at the magnitude and like not through the eyes of Ray. And it was like, actually really cool of like, oh yeah, like, holy crap. It like was an awakening of like, oh my goodness, like, it just, like, was not there, it was, like, a blurred image, and then it just becomes crystal clear with somebody's awareness, or, like, being a voice up to it, basically, and you're, like, 
oh my God, like that's been there the whole time. And they're like, yeah, it happens every single day. And you're like, whoa. So like, I always saw the post-consumer, like the food, like on people's plates. And I would get like pissed at that. I'm like, you literally ordered this whole meal, like take it to go. Like there's people. And so I always, that is like what always caught my attention was like super compelling. I was like, you have this and like, you didn't even want this and somebody else wanted it. Um, which isn't the direction we took with so much at all. But um, I was always passionate about the food waste, but didn't see like the magnitude Ray was able to see for. Yeah. And I think that's so fascinating, that concept, because I was in, I worked multiple jobs in the restaurant industry too. And I, it always bothered me too. But again, it was almost like this lens of, oh, this is normal. Like this is just Mm -hmm. the way it is. And I always think, imagine all the ways we're living our life in ways that are not sustainable, that are harming both to ourselves but also the environment and even other people, yet we're not mm-hmm. even aware because we're so ingrained in the way we are living. But that's why when there are mavens like you guys and what you're doing, it kind of shakes up the pot and makes, at least for me, when I see what everything you guys are doing, mm-hmm. it makes me rethink how I'm living my life. Like I make cookies. I'm on like a strict diet for healing Lyme disease. I make cookies out of my juice pulp, which like I never would have thought to do, but yeah. like, literally like seeing your guys stuff. I'm like, Oh, like I could use this juice pulp or in the past, I would just like throw mm-hmm. it out or even having the idea to compost it. But really it wasn't that long ago. I didn't even know what composting was. And mm-hmm. it, it just takes an example of seeing someone do something differently or it really it's, you guys are creating an awareness. Uh, mm-hmm. That's the way I see it. So Rayanne comes to you. Or can you, can you explain, I want to hear it in your, yeah. in your words, how this yes. all started. So, um, I wish I was there for like, I love this hearing the story. I wish I was there when Ray literally stops the chef. Cause like, I love telling this story, but, um, I wasn't there right when she stopped. So basically what was happening from Ray's, um, and she tells me this later too, but what ha- was happening was every night, this huge pot of rice was being thrown away just to kind of give a little bit of context. And um, it was just completely cooked, unserved, just like surplus that the restaurant had made, anticipating it was going to be a busy er night than it had to, had been. Um, so she saw that like twice, and then literally the second like time she sees it, like directly in front of her face, she like stops the chef, and she's like, "Stop!" And like I could literally just see the facial expression of our chef, like literally about to, and it's heavy, and he's like, "What are you doing?" Like I'm trying to clean up, I'm trying to get out of here, like you know. And that's the, also the thing is like, you have a routine and you have a system, like wh- why are you throwing wrenches and gears in my system basically? So this, I could just see the chef. So Ray stops the chef and she's like, don't throw that away. Like I'm going to take it. And he's like, where are you going to take it? And I wasn't on this shift. I wish I was, cause it would have been even funnier to see this all happening. Um, uh, but basically Ray, I like the next shift, like Ray takes us all home. And I think she's like posting it on like Instagram or something, or like maybe in a chat. And she basically is like packaging all of this huge bat, like she takes it in like uh, catering containers that we have, you know, these big silver trays. And she takes it all home and starts wrapping it up to take it out. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> it's like, it's just so funny, like the production she had. And she's like, I'm, I'm like taking this food and going to give it like out to people that need it the most. And so my part of sustainability is like, the way I do look through the world is like things all have a purpose. It's like regenerative or like closed circle of like, like if humans weren't here, like the food would go and it would like turn into soil. So it's like having that idea of like coming back to like zero of like it, it flourishes and then it comes back to like where it was in the beginning. Um, so like, I love that idea that she was taking the pot, like 
the excess somewhere and filling in a negative void to like create this harmony, this like zero kind of um, is like the best way I put it. So either way, and um, and I've always like been somebody who's like is really empathetic to people who need help. Like that's one thing my dad always taught, like told me like like there's the needs and the wants and you fulfill needs always to whoever it is before even your own wants. Um, so yeah, so I was like, oh my God, like this is the craziest, coolest thing ever. Like this chick is taking all this food, going to hand it out to people who need it the most. And so I told her, I was like, Hey, like she ended up doing it once. And I just wasn't on that shift. I was like, next time you go, like, please like, let me know, like, I'd be happy to do this. There was like another coworker that had gone with it the first time. And, um, so yeah, so she like hits me up and we go and we take out the rice and it was, it's, it was so cool. It was, um, you know, there was parts where it was like kind of like uncomfortable and like approaching people that are complete strangers, you know, and then also like trying to make somebody not also feel uncomfortable about the situation, you know, and so either way, but we made like really cool, met really cool people. Some people were not a fan. And like the second time, the first time we just took rice and people were like, where's the sauce? And I was like, ah. <laughs> and they're like, what am I going to do? Just eat brown rice? And then like, some people were like, what's quinoa? And we're like, it's a complete protein. They're like protein, like chicken. And I'm like, yeah, it's like chicken, but without the chicken. <laughs> like it was like a very fascinating and uh, like cool experience. Like, and then I realized it was like, dude, like and that was our whole thing. It's like the fact that this is like a complete protein and so rich in nutrient and like brown rice and quinoa and like people didn't even know about this. So like it was so, it filled, fulfilled so many different parts of me. So yeah, so then um, the second time we brought like barbecue sauce and soy sauce because people are like, what are we this time? <laughs> yeah, we came prepared. Um, and we did that a few times and it was super gratifying and satisfying. And like, you know, some people didn't want it and we're like, no problem. You know, people really enjoyed it. Um, but we were full-time students, part-time servers, and like it just wasn't able to like sustain emotionally, like time-wise. And we just like kind of were like, dude, this needs to be a better way. Um, so then that kind of like dropped off. And then um, a few months or if not, like a few months end up going by and, um, you know, we just the efforts were kind of lost to that. And then right out of nowhere, we were starting the beginning of a semester. And I was like, hey, let's like meet up in the cafe, like the library to study, like what classes are you taking? I would love to take the same classes of you just um, to help like studying and whatnot. So we we're like hanging out a little bit at the beginning of the semester. And then I randomly get this text that like Ray's like, hey, um, she's like, oh my God, I have the best thing ever. Yada, yada, yada. I need you on my team. And I was like, what the hell? And I'm like, look <laughs> at this. And the way she just says like team, I just thought it was like, like basically a Mary Kay, like maybe a sustainable version of like this Mary Kay pyramid scheme, like straight up. I was like, Ray, like your team, like you might be making money, but you're giving more money to somebody that's above you. And you should probably make your own. like, so I literally, she's like, meet me at the library at this time. Like, I have to tell you all about it. And so I walk in and I'm like, uh, I literally think Ray's in a pyramid scheme and wants me to be her like newest team member. And I'm like, oh my God. And she sits me down and she basically is like, um, you know, I applied to this accelerator on campus 
And my whole thing is we're going to take the food that has been wasted, the brown rice and quinoa we've passed out to the people downtown, and then the juice pulp our restaurants are throwing away. And we're going to make this badass like powder. And we are going to be the bridge between food waste and the food insecure. And we're going to do what we've been doing, but in a much more efficient way. Like we'll partner with the food bank and we'll make this powder that you can add to like any dish. So it's like cultural diverse because like with her Syrian background and seeing like the Syrian food banks like different cultures they'll get food and they have no idea they're like this isn't my culture this isn't my being like I don't make these dishes like if you give like the beans and the rice like that doesn't translate to everybody and she's like it could be added to anything like oatmeal to rice you know it's gonna like to satiate and like meet all these needs of these people and I like am taken back and I was like oh, like, she's not pitching me a weird scheme. And I was like, wait, and then I'm taking, I was like, you want to start a company? And she's like, yeah. And I asked her, I was like, what does this mean? Like, I never thought of starting a company. I don't know anybody who's ever started a company in my own, like, direct connection or relatives or friends. And I go, how much time does this take? Is like my first question. I was like, because she's like, and I want you you are who I'm going to do this with. It wasn't like, I need you just like do my graphic design. It wasn't like a freelance thing. It was like, I need you side by side with me. And I go, what's the time commitment of this? And she's like, I don't know. And I was like, okay. And I was like, and she explained this whole accelerator she had pitched and she's like, there, it's a boot camp basically. And they're going to help us. I was like, okay, well, at least we've got help. That's like the first thing. And you've got to be laughing though, probably in this moment. <laughs> thinking about how much time has gone into it and you probably had not the slightest clue how no, much you would I be think, putting in. No, I know. I'm like, yeah. And she's even, I think she threw out a number, but she was honest. She's like, I don't know. Like, honestly, I want to think back and think I remember something like 20, like 15 to 20 hours looking back. I was like, Oh my God, that's not even like remotely close being a full-time student too. But um, yeah. So I like, I listen, I hear her out and I was like, dude, this is super exciting. I think it is a badass idea. I think it solves everything we've been doing, but much more efficient, effective. And you can also like spread a really cool awareness and education through it. But I like went back and I was like, I can't make a decision like right now. There's no way. Like, I was like, this is a huge thing. And I like tell her, I was like, um, I was like, I need to think about this. Like, and I'll tell you one thing. I was like, if I'm going to say yes to you, if, you know, and, um, I was like, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to stop six months from now. Like this, whatever you, what you're building, whatever it is, you know, in itself is if I bail in six months, it's, it's going to be worse for you and me. Like, I just can't do that to you. So I literally went home, thought about it, made like a whole list of like all the things that could go wrong and all the things that I could get out of this experience, you know, and like what I could do and how it satisfies me. And I think I seriously still have it on my phone. It's like a note on my phone. And I looked at it and I don't even think I came up with that many like cons basically. And um, yeah, I, I called her or texted her the next day and met up like within one to two days. I was like, let's do it. Like, you know, we're all in and yeah, that's how we started. So I love that for so many reasons. And it's so funny because I had a very pivotal moment in my life where I choose to lose, uh, leave college and pursue a different path. And I did the same thing. And, and I'm like you too, where I love the personality types because Rayanne's more like, a, I have this idea, let's do it. And you're like, let me like think about this you know, mm -hmm. a day or two. And I feel like I'm probably somewhat in the middle 
But I did the same exact mm-hmm. thing. I wrote a pros and a cons list. And I know Tim Ferriss has talked about the same thing. And a lot of people have used that exact um, formula for when you have a, a tough decision or something maybe you're just uncertain of writing the pros and cons There's something about getting it out of your head and into mm-hmm. like tangible written form helps you like see things clearly. And like you said, you realize, wow, there's really not that many cons, but like the upside and the potential mm-hmm. in saying yes, I mean, has led you on the journey of a lifetime. Yeah. So I'm happy I, I did. And um, just on the sense of like the fact that it was like in a school at the library, just like looking back and I've told people and that's why like within so much, we've never really said no to somebody who wants either like experience within the company, like interning or volunteering or just look, looking at the ropes basically like that and specifically in college students. Cause if I didn't do this through college, like I would have been so gypped. Like this is what I went to school for is like to help like learn how to build and learn how to help and make a positive impact. And yeah. So without this experience, I'd be like, where's my education? Like this is, I feel like everybody should have some sort of journey like this in some sense. Yeah. And uh, one question I have for you is, cause I know a lot of people who listen to this show and, and a lot of young people, thankfully, at least in the world that I'm seeing, like people want to make a difference. They want to make an impact. Mm-hmm. And as you, I'm sure, have learned better than most, like there's a, a big educational part and like systemizing and mm-hmm. kind of a lot of the things that you don't really expect when you're first starting on this journey. Um, like what would you tell someone who they have an idea or they want to make an impact, but they're like in terms of how can, how can someone get organized? Because I know that's one of your specialties is like the logistics organizational side. Yeah. So that kind of goes to like the next step of so much. So like we did, honestly, um, we, we were, we obviously, we've never made a protein powder. We, um, we actually went to the food bank and the first thing we learned through the accelerator is if you don't have a customer, you don't have a company and it doesn't matter. Even in a nonprofit, you still have a customer. You have donors or you have this partner that's buying like at cost or you know, and I honestly don't have that much of a background in um, nonprofits, but at the end of the day, if there's not a transaction, it, you still don't have a company. So we went to our food banks and we're like, we have this awesome thing. And I, they looked us in the face and like, we can barely afford peanut butter. Like we, and we didn't tell them our whole sustainable upcycle. We just were like, if you had this cool opportunity to buy this like delicious, like this protein enriched powder. And they're like, no, we would never buy something like that. Like, it doesn't matter what our cost was we could never get it as low as what they could afford, you know? And so we're like, oh, shoot. Like, so we ditched the protein powder and then we decided like, hey, if we can make a bigger impact by like going to the public, because ours was going to be very like kind of behind doors. It's going to be the small interaction between us and the the, uh, uh, food bank. So either way, and then we decided to now, and then we made a cookie company. So to get back to your original question of like what, what to do. So we decided like, okay, we're going to go and we're going to sell the, we're going to make cookies. We did like a bunch of survey and research and asked customers what they wanted. And then we're like, okay, we're making cookies. It wouldn't matter if it was powder or like a bar anyway. And then um, Ray with her nutrition background was in charge of developing this product. So she had like three to four months to just develop the cookie recipe. Find out how the heck do you take cooked rice and turn it into some sort of product that doesn't look anything like that. And I like till this day, I call her our culinary chemist because I don't know anybody that can take food waste and turn it into a delicious cookie. And, and then I, like legitimately delicious. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So, and she, she, she prides herself and she has such high standards. Like we, 
And I'm so appreciative because if it was my cookie, it wouldn't be anything like it is. I was like, ah, just throw a little bit of this and that. And my taste palette is not as perfected as hers. Um, so like pride ourselves on no added oil, being gluten-free and vegan and like not adding like crappy ingredients. You know, she knew all of that and knew the glycemic index of coconut sugar versus maple syrup. And I was like, I don't know any of that. Yeah. So my thing is being organized. And I basically, I was paralyzed for like easily two weeks. Like after we got to that point of finishing research and like, let's move forward. And we had mentors like, okay, what do you need to do? Like, what's your first item? And I, for a week, I was like, I don't know what to do. And finally, I just like breathed and I calmed down and I was like, okay, today we have absolutely nothing. We aren't incorporated. We don't even have a business name. None of that basically. And I was like, our end thing is to be at a farmer's market. We set, I set one, just one like mile marker, basically one landmark and was like, I need to have my cookies at a farmer's market so somebody can buy it. So we can get like customer feedback and we can start showing like interest in somebody actually buying something and not being like confused by what we're doing and being able to explain it to them. So I literally made like a roadmap and I literally looked, I started at the end and I was like, so a farmer's market, you need a tent, a booth, some tables, you know, you need the physical beings. But then once then I went to the farmer's market and I was like, what do I need to be here? And he's like, you need business insurance. You need your process, um, your temporary food facility license. I was like, wait, what is that one? And I literally went, I reverse engineered it. Like, where do you want to be? And just go ask those people. And there's, there was like a few gaps. I will say like somebody, there was like a permit or two, like a seller's permit from this like city. Nobody asked me for that, but you just have to have that. And so that's where I reached out to mentors and just be like, Hey, can I see your checklist when you started something? Like, what are all the things you have in place? And I like made this like map basically and was like, you need this one and this one and this one. And then to make it even more effective is put like time gauges, like one permit's going to take you six months. And they like are blatant about that on their website, like our processing's backed up, you know, so you know, like, hey, I need to file this one a little bit sooner. And it just like, it's like what you said, the pros and cons, like writing it out and getting out of your head. First of all, it just is less mentally stressed and exhausting. And then it's also like something you constantly just refer back to. So I I made it, we actually did a presentation. We had to like present for our accelerator every semester to stay in and receive their resources. And I like have this map still like a Canva uh, that I made that I like share to friends who are like, I want to go to farmer's markets. And I've like shared that PDF basically dozens of times. I love it. And, and two things come to mind for me. One is, and I think a lot of people find this in whatever endeavor they're pursuing is that having that mile marker is really important because there's so many different directions and like different ways to go. But once you have that clear defined goal, you can reverse engineer everything that needs to happen. So I think because you guys had so many different directions, you could take it in. So I love that goal of a farmer's market because in order to sell at a farmer's market, you need your product, you need like the, the licensing, it's going to accomplish all the things, but you wouldn't know you needed to accomplish those things without setting that goal. And the second thing that comes to mind is like, you're totally on this hero's journey. You, if you're familiar with like the hero's journey hierarchy, it's like you guys are living your normal life and then you get thrown onto this adventure if you see a problem and you're going on a mission and then you need support and mentors and teachers along the way and you have this roadmap and you guys are fully like on the hero's journey. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And then um, something that sparked out of what you said was like, and it, when you have a mile marker, it drops all the like fog around it. You just like become so much more clear and not that like the things like the other trajectories that you could have gone on, like we could have been online, like online sales 
is like all we're doing right now because of our like predicament, like what scenario and environment we are in right now. But we could have done that and it would look so differently. But if we would have started like farmers markets and we want to launch our online store and we want to start this education, like just having one and just like focusing. And that's like something we've learned along the way. And we've honestly been able to improve. It's like, just do one project, complete that project and then move on to the next. And like, cause there is so many things you can constantly be doing and you can fill your day, but it's like becoming like super lean and just like, what's the, what's the end goal. And like everything else, like, is important but that's for like later like give it different space and different time so Mm -hmm. yeah i find that to be so true in my own (laughs) journey it's like having the patience we're gonna get there there's so many things you want to do but it's like check one thing off the list then get to the next Mm -hmm. And, and would you say there was a specific moment um when you really like you guys felt like you had hit a milestone in the sense of like wow like this thing is really going um, where you kind of realize, wow, this is, this is becoming bigger than I thought, or like, we're really onto something here. Yeah, there's, oh my goodness. Hey, so let me try to think of, there's a probably quite a few. So the first one was being at the farmer's market. Cause it's, it was so funny because we were testing so many different things. We're testing the quality of our product. We're testing the price. We're testing the messaging and the mission and um so we started at the ob farmers market november 2017 and i was scared like i was so scared that people were going to be just grossed out they didn't know like we had all the sanitization like there's like there's literally like little like there's there's no risk it's not food scraps like on people's plate now that i'm thinking about i guess i'm a little gypped because i'm always like i don't even think about that but i guess as a new company with a new product you're hearing like food waste I guess you're right. You do have to overcome that mental barrier. This huge psyche. And so I was like, and I could, I had all of the facts and the whole story, but like, sometimes it doesn't matter what you say. People just have a mentality. So I was so scared that nobody would want to even try our product, not even taste it. Like I didn't even care about the sale. I wanted to people like even taste the product and be okay consuming this something that's completely different. Like nobody was marketing, nobody's advertising this style. And so, yeah, so that was like the biggest win. We actually, um, our first farmer's market, we were like, we just want to sell 50 cookies and that's it, you know, because we had like really good mentors just like going with goals. Like things are going to be successes and they're going to be failures and failures are only failures when you don't learn from them. So like set your goals. So we were like, okay, we're going to write like an arbitrary number 50. And that first market, we sold 50 cookies. Like we went with like 65, um, and we were like stoked. People were like, oh, this is awesome. And then we started hearing and my, I guess a success was hearing that so many people resonated with what we were doing. They're like, I work in a restaurant. I work, I served and bartended through college. Like, and then the also like gratifying thing is hearing like from all different like backgrounds, ages, and like specifically people are like that were, that are older. And they're like, thank you for like fixing things that like we we created basically thank you like your generation like gives me hope and i am trying my best and i realized the things that i did throughout my lifetime was detrimental to the environment and i really appreciate like what you're doing and just hearing all of that like feedback was such a success and a win and something i never even expected um at all and then um kind of momentum and growing um it's when for us another like moment in our journey that like was a success is like when larger like conferences and we started booking like larger catering events that are like no like we want we love your message and it came into this like and it went from just an individual because like me as an individual 
I will go buy, I will do consume, I will go educate. And that's just at my level. But from a corporate level, like there's just so much more bureaucracy and opinions and also like how they're being perceived. So like the fact that like companies and organizations are like, no, like this is something we take a stance on. And I never saw like, like the fact that corporations were taking these strong stances. We're like, no, we have sustainability reports and food waste and environmental impact is huge to us. And we love that we can consume something healthy and has a like positive impact. Like that was like a light bulb of like, oh my God, there is something so much bigger than just healthy cookies that are fighting food waste. And it was this like, you become like, this is how you can like offset. It's like that positive impact that can fulfill that negative void or just make a company even more badass by eating delicious cookies. So I was like, that was like kind of like a awe opening thing that even from the beginning I never saw. So. Yeah. A few things, a few things come to mind for me first is, and I think this is evident in like, you guys have a, a really, to me, it seems like a loyal, like almost like a cult following, like the people who follow your Instagram and the people I know, because it's, Yes, like, of course, the cookies are amazing and anyone who's had them and like, you have to have like a legitimate, like good product, which you guys have. But I think the bigger thing than that is exactly what you said. Like, it's the mission. Like people, I, that's why I was drawn to you guys. I'm like, this is awesome. You guys are doing something about a problem that, and, and exactly like when you, when you speak, uh, when you start talking about the awareness of like all this food waste, you're sparking this like light bulb in all these people's heads who've been, <laughs> blind to it even though it's in their life and all of a sudden they go oh my gosh like i didn't even realize that i love what you guys are doing so people like want they're not just buying the cookies like they're buying the support like they want to support you guys and the second thing that you said that kind of got me thinking kind of tying back to that first question i asked you is like how can you go from just wanting to make a difference to you know now you're having a legitimate business and working with companies and corporations and i know you guys have done conferences and catering like you mentioned a few things like food reports, different things. Like if there had to be, I don't know, this is kind of like a, not the most straightforward question, but I guess what I'm trying to get at is what, what's been the shift and especially in, in your perspective of like, okay, how do we go from like selling cookies at a farmer's market to like getting involved with companies and like really taking this movement and company to the next level, like from a, whether that's an organization standpoint or like something you need to do um, in terms of like having processes. Cause this is like, I think your specialty uh, and like your brain power that, that takes this to the next level. Yeah. And I, it's actually funny now that you're saying that there was a shift. There was a, this, like we were an individual base. Like I think of like farmer's markets and we honestly up until um, like the stay at home orders, we were at farmer's markets, So we always have been, um, but even internally within our company, there was a shift and I wish I had like a date or a, like an exact time where we were just like, just doing the grind to like spell, spread individual awareness. And then we just, we looked around and like, there's bigger fish in the, the sea. Like, this is awesome. And we need this. Like you have to tell people at an individual level because that just like does have a bigger impact, but then there's so many more. And it's just like this change mentality, at least for me is like, becoming more effective and more efficient with what you're doing. It's like you can sell a hundred cookies at a farmer's market and that's amazing. And that's one day and eight hours, or you can go book a conference that has 250 and took you an hour and a half just worth of emailing. You know what I mean? And it was like, and then you realize like for us, like, and it translates into so many different things. It translates into obviously revenue and sales. Um, but it also 
translates into marketing and promoting, like you get in the hands of people that even think they were going to show up to a conference or a meeting or an event and have a so much cookie, like as an option with like the education of what we're doing. So it's like the coolest thing, the more that we're booking, we also rescue more. So it's like a triple win for us, like on wow, so many different levels. And so even for us, like, cause we don't have tons of sales background. Um, like I did catering coordinating when I was like uh, younger in like college, but, um, and we're like for sales, like, yes, look at us in sales and how we can grow our company and sustain our company. Cause at the end of the day, like, um, without this, like if our company doesn't like live and survive and thrive, like who else is going to rescue the food? Um, but we look at it as like, instead of a cookie sale, like our dollar sale, look at it as an impact, like a food waste, like for every, every hundred dollars, like 10 pounds of food is being rescued. You know what I mean? I wish we had that exact conversion, but that's how we go about the mentality is like, the bigger orders you book, the more you get to go like, okay, now we go from three partners. Now we have to have six partners. And now we have to bang on those doors and be like, we need your rice tomorrow, basically, and finding new partners. Um, So I think that came with like a little bit of time for us because, you know, we started when we were full-time students. And I think the craziest thing that we actually don't even talk about is like, we used to bake at, we started baking at like eight to 9 PM and we wouldn't finish till like 2 AM sometimes. And we just finished the class that night. And then we had a class at like 8 AM the next morning. So like for us, like some of it was that transition to that small scale to the larger scale and being more efficient was just giving it time and giving it space and like working out the kinks and becoming more efficient with our production and our like, um, like the actual rescue routes and everything. And then it also came just like, what is your value for us? Like what, how am I even going to go talk to these organizations to have a larger impact? It's like, what, what need do they need? Like they want to, they have like a food waste initiative already on and within their organization, or they have a climate action, um, like plan, um, embedded within them or a corporate sustainability report. So finding out like what they're interested in, and then also just then figuring out what our own value is. It's like, what are we giving? You know, it's that what we're saying is like for every hundred cookies, we're saving 10 pounds of food. And that translates into methane that would have gone into coming out of the landfills. And that's like my background and the science and what I love and what I thought I would be doing. Um, So doing that and then just, you know, introducing yourself or finding people within your, your network that have like their own small business or medium business or work at like a, like something that does with conferences. So that was like our shift and where we just started sitting at desks and working in desks and not just like constantly baking and like running to a farmer's market. It's like, give yourself time and like kind of pause and take a break. And when we went to London, that was a little bit of it is like, we finally stopped for like five weeks. You went to London for an accelerator, correct? Yeah. Last summer we went to London for an accelerator. Um, around social innovation specifically in like college collegiate students yeah i remember Rand talking about that so you guys were with some of the top young entrepreneurs around the world for five weeks living in a castle if i'm correct right yes yeah right outside of london we were in a castle outside of london with 40 other amazing teams that like range from so many different backgrounds so and, and i can imagine being exposed to so many young innovators like what was what was the biggest thing you took away from those five weeks Oh my goodness. I think it was just, it really comes down to, and I was talking the other day about this. It's like, it's learning about what people are doing. It's just amazing. Like, it's just so cool to see, um, 
like some of the teams that were tackling e-waste, some of the teams that were tackling um, indigenous communities and not exploiting their tourism, the resources for tourism. So helping them with ecotourism at a small local level um, to the fact of like microfinancing um, to help small like indigenous communities. So I was like, whoa, this is like mind blowing. And then just seeing how like smart and like diverse everybody was. But I think at the end of the day, it was just like making friends and meeting people that like our companies will come and go at the end of the day. Like, I don't know where so much will be in five to 10 years. I'm hoping it's still thriving and surviving. I really do because of its mission, but I might not be a part of that. Like I might, you know, somebody might be better at my job in like five years from now. And I actually know, I know they will be like somebody is smarter and better than me. And I want them in that place to make this better than it can ever be. And so it's like, at the end of the day, it's like, what are you creating next? And who are you meeting? And who are you having ideas with and had like over coffee brainstorming, like wild new dreams that you can create with them. So I love that. And that really, that's pretty incredible. You have that mindset because it's a very mature and humble mindset because you care so much about the mission, but you understand like, and it's so clear. I mean, you and Ray, like your guys' values. And I think that's why you have such like this like cult following the way I see it is because your guys' values are so clear. Like you're doing this, like, yes, it's cookies, but it's not about the cookies. You're about Mm -hmm. having a revolution of, like you said, like a sustainable full circle of how we can live and, you know, using one man's trash as another man's treasure, (laughs) using food waste as epic, amazing, delicious tasting cookies. And how, you know, you're focused on building that mission and almost not being attached to what that looks like, whether that's like you said, even the humility to know, like there's someone who could be better. And that's, that hit home with me. Cause I'm like, wow, that, that was something I definitely struggled with when I was working in the idea collective was I definitely got to a point where I knew I needed help. I, it was like my ego, like was kind of getting me in the way of like, Mm -hmm. wow, I need to like step down or have someone else fill this because this is not in my wheelhouse. So I love that you even have that perspective. And it took a minute, like it was not embedded in the beginning. Like I was scared and I didn't want to admit, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And I didn't, like, I started with operations and finances. And I was like, I like set up all of like the, the software. We had like the QuickBooks, but I was like, this stuff looks like a disaster. And I like kept grinding and trying. And, you know, I think there is something about being persistent and like having that mentality, like I'm going to learn. I love self like trainers and doers and like creators are like, I'm just going to build it from whatever. But then there's a point where how many hours are you going to put in? And when is it even effective? Like, what are you learning? Like, are you even, even on the right path? Are you even tackling the wrong, right problem? And finally, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And it does, it is a hot mess. And I don't know where this is going in five to like five months, let alone five years, like forecasting out for financials. And then I was like, I need help. And, and then it did take that shift of like, because I was always thinking about me and like who I was in the company and how I felt about things like disagreements within the company or directions we were going. And I was like, well, I feel this way. So we shouldn't do this. And I had that mentality easily for the first year, probably even year and a half. And finally I was like, wait, what's best for the company? Cause at the end of the day, like it's, it needs to thrive and it's, it gives us like, like substance and our fulfillment and our mission but if it's not here and if my ego and my opinions are getting in the way even of the company's like best interest. So it's like turned it into like the separate entity and it's not Chrissy that runs so much. It is so much and Chrissy works for so much and I'm here to support it at the end of the day. 
and it just makes conversations even internally like much smoother and much easier and yeah yeah and i'm not sure if you found this too like it and in my experience when i'm working on something and i and it's like i know i'm not good at it and it's like there's a balance of especially in a startup environment there are times to like put your head down and figure something out but then there's also that balance of I suck at this and also drains me. So how can I get support with that? And I always find when mm -hmm. I, it's, it's almost like this analogy of like holding onto rope and it's like burning your hand and you don't realize mm -hmm. like you can just let go of the rope. And every time I'm like, wow, why don't I just like delegate or let someone else come and support? Mm -hmm. I get happy because that, that role is being filled in a way that the person's going to do 10 times better than myself. And I can actually focus on my, more of my zone of genius. So I was curious if that, if you found anything like that to be true, um, cause I know you, you, like you guys have a CFO, right? So you step into kind of mm -hmm. ops full time. Yeah. Yeah. So Dakota who joined, um, was the person that joined first on our team after like me and Ray had founded it. Um, he just, you know, started just as any startup like team member, at least like the first three just did a little bit of everything. We all just were just making sure everything ran just would stay afloat. But yeah, he's moved into our CFO position because he's, so much better at doing the projections the finances and he loves the numbers and he like geeks out on like economics and marketing or the market and so i was like you are much better and he like even the beginning he's like i want to take this over and i was like and it was this point where i was like i want to hand off that looks something decent i don't want to give you like a huge disaster so it was like working together side by side. And then after things were like smooth and things were reported, like everything started like working financially within the company. I was like, this is now yours. I didn't want to give you this disaster, but yeah, he's been running it for like easily the last year. So. Amazing. Yeah. And in your experience of starting and building and growing the company, what is something that, cause you know, I, I follow you on Instagram and, and I've, been to the farmer's market tons of times. So I have this cool like outside perspective, but what is something that you wish people knew or like maybe there's like a misconception, but what is something you wish people knew about like what it's actually been like um, growing this company? Yeah, I think, um, I think the biggest thing is I, which we did really good. Ray, thank goodness, is a wicked like, she just loves creating videos and like being that person to like document and to share. She knows it's so rewarding and fulfilling for people to see. So she's done a good job. But I think if anything, um, if you're a first time person that's never seen so much and I hope it communicates that like, it's not like the scraps. <laughs> so like that's our biggest misconception. And I think our marketing and our branding does pretty well with that. But I think like the, I think the most satisfying thing that maybe isn't seen as often is like the very beginning and it was those like long bake sessions and it was like that grind of balancing school and life. And I think that's one thing that we don't show is like our personal life. Like we keep it very professional and we don't show like how this has like an impact. Like you, you are like, you know, maybe not taking as many classes so not fulfilling your, your like education or like, like progressing as fast as you can, or you're like, you don't socialize and you don't go out. And like, this is a full, more than a full time job easily. And I think that's like one thing behind the scenes. Like, I don't think it might be a little off putting and I don't know if it would like make people feel good or feel better, but like, I think it would be that like work life balance that we've all kind of done through the journey at least. And how, you know, there were 
easily in the beginning, like there was one week, one day a week, I wasn't getting sleep because we were just producing like, and that was weeks on end in the very beginning. And like, it was a struggle and it is, but it is so rewarding at the, like the outcome. And, um, and I think the only other thing is like, that comes to mind is, um, of like what people could see, like looking out is that like, there was literally nothing before. Like, I think the coolest thing we've done is create something out of literally nothing and like, cause it looks so, and it is, it's gotten so established and it's the coolest thing ever. But, um, it's kind of like that idea that you think there's just something there that fixes everything for you. And it's like, oh yeah, so much has always been this amazing, cool company. I was like, no, we're two and a half years old. Like this thing has been like, it was started out of absolutely nothing. So like kind of a before and after shot, if that can like be a cool vis- visual representation, like. Yeah. And of course, I think to get into like all the details would take hours of a conversation, <laughs> but that was one of the things that I'm, I like, and why I love podcasting is because you can kind of get yeah. a deeper understanding of like, you know, and it, you said two and a half years, but it was probably months before that when you guys first were in the restaurant. And so it was really mm-hmm. this thing that's first even longer than that. And to yeah. see the progression, because now you look at it and you guys have incredible branding. And so you have this like established company and it's been a journey of like little benchmarks along the way. And I think that's so important to remember, even me looking at like all my pursuits, like it's a journey and keep mm-hmm. going, but just focus on that next step, be connected to your why and it will unfold as it's meant to be. I think we need to do more like uh, throwback Thursdays or flashback Fridays just to be like, this is what we look like week two. Like this is us like six weeks in and just because like, it was such a journey and like we have really grown and it's to kind of not give this like that you can start from anything, you know, like we didn't even have like our first sign was literally a chalkboard sign with chalkboard pens and ink. We'd even have a logo. Like there was nothing like, and we had like a tapestry like in our, you know, and we just started, you know, we just went out and did something. It wasn't perfect by any means. And it, I love how it is today and I'm super excited to see where we're growing, but there there was a small little baby so much once upon a time. And it was, you know, like you said, you're baking 9am to 2am in your own homes. Like I remember Ray saying she had to cook when her roommates were like asleep or not home. And you know, now it's easy to say, Oh, you guys are in all these cool stores and conferences, but it started like at home baking after hours. And I think that's like, it's such a a beautiful reminder of like how to start something. You just start with what you have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one question I did have is I know COVID has affected a lot of people and a lot of businesses. And I know you you made a a mention earlier before on how it's brought you guys online a little bit, but I was just curious, like um, how that shift has been for you and, and what direction it's kind of taken you guys. Yeah. So, oh my goodness. Um, This has been, you know, for so many different people, like a whirlwind and it's like, um, I, our kind of journey, we, felt an initial we got an initial wave before like it all hit down um so because the cdc was putting out recommendations for like larger groups not to gather before we were all like in california shelter in place and you know um so tuesday like a random tuesday we got a call in all of our catering orders over within like an eight hour period over the next year six months got canceled and we're like all right well there goes a lot of money and there goes a lot of like orders and like exciting things we're about to like push out as far as like advertising and like um so yeah we're like all right and then we all like had an emergency meeting and we all sat down we're like hey 
this is going to change like how things are acting. Like we need to be obviously one very you know, public safety is like, like our m most important, but then, like people aren't going to come out to the farmer's market. Maybe little did we know by that end of that week, all the farmer's markets had been canceled and everybody was in shelter in place. And, um, you know, it, it was just us being reactive and I, it brought our team so together, like a crisis does, you know, and it's like, all right, like, let's buckle down. It's like this, like, just like, tr like, you know, like, I don't want it. Like, I don't know, just like this mentality where they're like, all right, let's go. Like you're getting ready and you're like going to like conquer the world basically and fight like whatever's being attacked at you, you know? So we were so responsive and even Dakota from a financial was like, Hey, we need to like cut our expenses wherever we can. Like I'm going to have to unfortunately pull some of the budgeting things. Um, cause we have to, I don't, we don't know how this is going to react. We don't know how this how long this is going to last. So we lost all of our farmers markets. A lot of our retailers, they started to close down too. Cause they were like dine in, dine out places or retail overnight just disappeared our revenue channel. And then, um, we had, thank goodness, already been selling online for a little over a year. So we had the infrastructure there. So it's not like we had to build it from scratch. Um, but yeah, we just looked at things and we're like, Hey, let's just like bring awareness. And, you know, and so, um, and started working all remotely and just, you know, with the recommendations baking like once a week and we were still, thank goodness, like under the guidelines, still able to do the production and mailing out. So our company didn't just shut down, thank goodness. Um, so yeah, we shifted everything online and um, we got so much support, um, like all like the, with the awareness of like supporting small businesses and how it was going to have a big impact. Like, obviously, we didn't make up all the money that we had from everywhere else all online, but just the amount, just the amount we, like, easily doubled or tripled our online sales, like, within, wow. like, the first two weeks. Yeah. So, like, and we found, we kind of noticed, we're like, wait, everybody can't go to a farmer's market. So, we started noticing names of people that would see us at the farmer's market that had never bought us online and probably even know we had an online store, honestly, because they just go and they're like, you're here on Wednesday and you're here on Sunday. So, I go here and here. And we're just like, hey, guys, like there's no farmer's markets. So like come in just like, if you like, if you still need your cookie fix, they'll still be there right to your door. Um, but yeah. And then more internally as well, it just gave us time. Like we were dedicating like easily like 30 or 40 hours as like a company to these farmer's markets and that just disappeared. So it like opened so much more time for us, like as much as it like sucked that we couldn't be there and we couldn't like sell as many products. Um, so yeah, and we just got really smart and we we're like, it started that transition of like, what's the project this week? Like, let's knock out this project. Like, okay, we want to revamp our online because this is the only channel we have. We've been wanting to do this for ages. We went and took photos that had like, are like self, like, uh, like our team photos that were supposed to be done like ages ago, like, cause we had all the time in the world now. Um, so yeah, so, um, yeah, that's just how we've been able to react and, we're still able to keep afloat, thank goodness. Um, it was sad to see everything that would have been at this time or even a month ago. Um, but it was it, it was great to see that our team like came together so strong and um, like the morale, like if anything, it increased because of it. Because we're like, hey, we're all in this together and you know, we're gonna do the best that we can and um, stay thriving one way or another, so. Yeah. And there's been so many like studies and anecdotes sharing how like, you know, whether it's crisis or war or something, it really does bring people together. So it's really cool how you guys have stepped up and, and bonded through this time. And I like the optimistic side of me would really like to think that, you know, this, 
this kind of global pandemic has pivoted and kind of accelerated you guys online, which yeah. I'd like to think will really support you guys. And maybe looking back in a year or two, you'll see how this could have actually been one of the best things that ever happened to you. Mm-hmm. You guys already have the following in, in like the local San Diego market. And of course you can keep growing it, but I think the online could be a whole new you know, opportunity that maybe you wouldn't have even dove into at least at this time and at this pace. So. Yeah, it would have been easily like what we're doing, even like what we started beginning, like at the beginning of COVID probably was timeline for like easily eight months out. Like when we were like, oh, well, let's focus on the online thing. Let's do like these, you know, so yeah, it definitely gave us an opportunity and like grew an aspect we never thought would be grown. And then we also super exciting because of one thing we had on the books and we had it six months out, uh, we launched a new product out of it too. So we now have our hundred percent upside gold, uh, brown rice quinoa flour that you can bake and cook with at home. So we saw, you know, one of two things we had always wanted to do. And it was like kind of a time thing slash we wanted to do a little bit more perfection of like, you know, packaging and whatnot. And because we had more time and we needed to launch and find new ways to drive, um, revenue into our company, we launched the, a product line we weren't going to for like easily another six months. So we're super excited about that too. And see people bake at home because that's all we, <laughs> I was doing when this first started. I love it. It's like the classic necessity is the mother of invention. Mm-hmm. And I want to be conscious of time. So before I ask the final question, where can people find you and so much online? Yes. Yeah. So you can find us at so muchfoods.com and also check out our Instagram at soul.much. Um, so those are two like um, our social media channel and then also our online store. Perfect. And we'll have all that linked in the show notes. And guys, I have eaten probably like 50 <laughs> to 100 of these cookies. They're truly amazing. And I cannot recommend them enough, not just the taste, but the mission and everything. So I'm like, you guys, I'm one of your guys' biggest fans, I'd like to say. Thank you are by like hands down. I miss being able to see uh, Sunday farmers markets and uh, have you grabbed some cookies? So. It will be that much better when they, <laughs> when they launch again. We'll all appreciate it that much more. Yeah. So you've been on quite a journey the last three years or so. And let's say you have a piece of paper and a pen and you can write one lesson that you've learned in the past three years. And this was going to go to every high school graduating senior. Mm-hmm. And just one thing you've learned that you feel is the most important thing that you could share with them, what would that be? Oh my goodness. That's a big question. Hard, yeah. Hard to like boil it down and you could pick no. two if you want, but. I, I like that. So just specifically with my journey over the last three years, you know, I think one that I've learned the hardest and it took me a while to learn one is, so it's, it's kind of a two-parter, but be compassionate to yourself that uh, a failure is only a failure if you're not learning from it. So you're going to make mistakes. I've made so many of them and I was so hard on myself to learn the lesson in the failure, the mess up. Um, So don't let it define you. Don't let something, a mistake, um, something negative that, you know, a reaction or an action kind of take you off course because it can derail you easily. Um, Failures and mistakes can. Um, so just learn the lessons and keep going, um, focus on like where you want to be next. Just think of your next step and how that will only make you that much stronger for your next, next journey. I think that's it. Boom. I love that. I love that. It's only a failure if you're not learning something from that. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, we all mess up. We all mess up and be smart and try to research. But sometimes you just don't even you couldn't even notice, uh, know what you to prevent that mistake, whatever it is, um, until hindsight, like all the research in the world couldn't have prevented that. So there's some things you just have to do and learn from. So. Amen to that. Well, thank you so much, Chrissy, for taking the time. I've loved this conversation and biggest fan of your guys' mission and soul much. So everyone, make sure you check out their cookies and till next time. Thank you. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode with Chrissy as much as I did. And if you haven't yet, check out their website, Soul Much Foods. I have it linked here in the show notes. Check out their cookies. They are truly amazing. And I think what's even more amazing is just the story and purpose behind what Chrissy and Rayanne are building and creating in the world. So thanks again for listening. And if you haven't yet and you've been enjoying the show, it would mean a lot to me if you could take 30 seconds and write a review on iTunes. And again, I appreciate you taking the time to tune in today, and I will see you next week. Stay curious.